Check, check, test. Audio, check, test. Hey, I'm George Tekmachev back with Steve the... Big Cat. Anderson for another Easton Target Archery podcast. This is number 91. Wow. Yeah. So we, you know, Steve and I were talking and in the time of... um, Shall we say uh, we got to come up with a better name for this than the time of COVID or whatever? But in these times, we decided that you know what, more frequent, maybe shorter, would be a good thing because we uh, we're looking at the analytics, and it's clear that a lot of folks who are sitting at home are uh, kind of enjoying having an opportunity to listen to the podcast. So we thought, hey, you know what, let's deliver, and and so we kind of decided. We're going to try to do this at least uh, on a weekly basis, Steve. Is that our plan right now? Um, yes, the analytics dictate this as such. We've modeled uh, podcast forecast modeling, and um, we update it weekly based off the data we see from science. Okay, I can see that you're really taking to your new position as product manager very well because you're talking <laughs> like a product manager now. That's that's I'm impressed. I was trying to talk like one of the daily news briefings, actually. Yeah? Oh, is that what it is? Deborah Burks or something. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, so we're back. Um, Hey, you are uh, in the news, man. You are uh, one of the final eight (laughs) for the lockdown knockout challenge. And so congratulations, considering the fact that I know you have not been practicing. Oh, there's been less than zero practice. I've been efforting to not practice i've been putting in an effort to not put in the effort um but you know what i'll tell you this i shot a vegas 600 with x10s i just had a bunch of barely missed the x which is what happens when you shoot x10s at a little bitty inner 10 ring so um a lot of a lot of my bad habits that i pick up you know over the course of a season they were gone. I forgot about it because you don't mentally think about those in your like mental shot execution or what or your visualization or whatever. The issue was I just wasn't super strong. So if I can find a way to not practice bad habits, get super strong, not have to put in, you know, actual arrows, just I, I don't know, figure out another way to do it. I'll be fine. Well, I, I, it works. <laughs> I mean, how can you argue with that? Right. Oh, I, I was like, you know, last place, but, uh, yeah, but out of the, out of the thousands of people participating in the thing, eighth place out of the thousands of people participating. In fact, you're not really last place score wise because, um, you beat your wife. (laughs) There was only eight people participating. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) all right. But, uh, so yeah, just look at some of those eight though. I mean, some of them are very good shooters, right? You got Anders Fogstad, who's uh, number one with 596, which you got to give the boy props. That's pretty good shooting for skinny arrows. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to shooting against him. I want to see, he's got the pressure on him now to do that, you know, and be legit. I think my prediction, he's going to drop four points in my, in our match and 15 arrows. He's going to miss that many points. That's very possible. You're going to put the yeah, pressure on. I'm probably going to talk trash the whole time because this is for fun. So. Well, there's there's no doubt that people will look forward to you doing just that. I mean, that's part of the yeah. deal. Mikey yeah. Schlusser's in there. He's second with Mike's his qualifying. 589. Uh, pretty, good, pretty good scoring for Mikey. You got Paige Pierce in there, the American Archer with a 587. Uh, Toya Ellison, Brady's wife, was uh, fourth in the qualifying with a 585. 
And you had Sarah Lopez, a uh, longtime number one compound woman with 584. Domagach Budin, world field champion with a 584. Uh, world field champion Steve Anderson with a 583. And Linda Ochoa Anderson rounding out the top eight with a 579. So that... Yeah. Here's the... Go ahead. Here's another thing I'll say, all right? We we had some inconsistency in qualification. Some people shot indoors. Some people shot outdoors. Uh, this Mike is true. The bone. Mike shot outdoors. Some people, after it was shot, said, oh, wait, we're only supposed to do this once? So I think there were some who shot a number of times until they got a score they decided they were okay with and then sent that in. But, uh, you know, whatever. Well, you didn't have a judge standing there. So yeah, you're, you're, you didn't have a judge standing there. No, for all everyone knows, I could have went to five yards and shot a six hundred. You know. Well, but anyway, it's good. It's good and rather cheap entertainment. And uh, speaking of that, quarterfinal number one is scheduled for this Saturday. It is Anders Fogstad versus Steve Anderson, and that's beginning at seventeen hundred hours Central European time. What is that here? It's early in the morning here. It's like, uh, I think nine o'clock. Yeah, nine a.m. So uh, mountain time, um, so mountain daylight time for those of you keeping track. And so it'll be Anders versus Steve on Saturday the 9th, and then Mikey versus Domagoch on the 10th, Sunday. Paige versus Linda on the 11th, which is Monday, and then Toya versus Sarah on the 12th. Are you going to be in the coach's box for, uh, for Linda on Monday? No. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, the semifinals, they're dragging this thing out, you know, uh, which I don't blame them. They're dragging this out. The semifinals, the winner of quarterfinal one versus quarterfinal two will be on Thursday, the 14th of May. Friday, the 15th of May will be the second semifinal. The finals are Sunday, May 17th. So uh, all of this is, uh, you know, now let's all joking aside, by the way, all of these ranking rounds were recorded in time lapse video which is kind of hard to mess with. So uh, they're all on there. We can see how you shot what you shot, Steve. Uh, nice product placement there for your, uh, for your. Uh, if you look, go to the World Archery website, worldarchery.org or worldarchery.sport, if you want to type more, uh, you, can, you can see all of the uh, videos there for the lockdown knockout. Moving on. Yeah, it's yeah, a thing. Hey, some cool stuff. Um, you know, we've been talking for a long time about how we're hoping that uh, Compound is going to have continued opportunity for greater exposure at world events. And uh, the, another cog in the machine, another domino on the board has been placed to help maybe get Compound into the games, uh, into the Olympic Games down the road. And that is by the addition of Compound to the 2023 Pan American Games. And actually, we're going to be talking with Tom Dillon, the World Archery Secretary General, about this in a little while. But uh, this is pretty cool because it's more archery medals for the Pan Am Games. And, and more importantly, it's a compound team event. What do you think? The more the merrier. When they did eight people, you know, at the first one, I was kind of like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but it seemed to be, you know, a popular thing. It, what I mean by that, there was only eight archers in each you know men's and women's compound and i was i was kind of like that's not really no it's more like an exhibition yeah it it was a tryout so i guess they liked what they saw and we're gonna have i would imagine it'll be 24 or 32 yeah they're adding 14 additional quota places for compound so for sure and it's going to be the two athlete per gender team format that's used at the summer university games oh i'm not familiar with that so like a mixed team but yeah 
not mixed gender? Correct. It's well, it's it is two athletes per gender, um, and it'll right. be men's and women's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's basically the summer university games format. What do you what That's do you say? We really cool. Yeah. They, I don't know if we have like an established senior world record or whatever it is. It's probably about to get obliterated. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I like the idea of two-person teams. Well, and while we're at it, let's let's just jump right in. I'm uh, going to get ahead and uh, talk to Tom Dillon about this, and then you and I will come back. And we're joined by World Archery Secretary General, Mr. Tom Dillon, once again. Tom, thanks for joining us from uh, Lausanne. Pleasure, George, as always. How are things going? Well, it's, it's, I would say it's... Uh, uh, it's not a day similar to another one, so we're keeping busy. Uh, we are we have started our lockdown knockout uh, tournament uh, this week. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, an online uh, tournament, which is uh, going to be very interesting to follow. Then uh, we're looking very much at seeing how we can help uh, some of our member associations to see how they can get out of the the confinement period and how best practice uh, archery as such. So we are helping some federations with that. Try and see with our medical committee, we can put some, some general guidelines out as well of what should be done and should not be done. Uh, so yeah, it's busy times. Well, this gives us some, uh, some things to talk about. Let's start with the lockdown knockout. Right now we're looking at... Uh, uh, you know, the results from the lockdown knockout as we record this on Tuesday, the 5th of May, Cinco de Mayo, to our friends in Mexico. Um, Anders Faugstad, who is a familiar face to those who watched the world indoor final this year, uh, is on top of the uh, on top of the leaderboard. And uh, Mike Schlusser is second. Uh, Paige Pierce, the American, is third. Toya Ellison is fourth. And then looking at... Um, the women, you've got Sarah Lopez, Domagoch Budin, American Steve Anderson, and Linda Ochoa Anderson. So um, I think one thing we need to point out is this is a uh, kind of an open event. doesn't have a uh, gender uh, uh, split. Uh, it's just go for score, right? Well, it's, it's basically, uh, uh, I would say, uh, gender balanced event because we have four men, four women. Uh, and, okay, what is interesting is, is the scores of some. Um, I, I, they all shot at 18 meters uh, on the regular target at 18 meters, but some shot outdoor, some shot, shot indoor. Yeah. Uh, uh, but all shot with, indoor, with outdoor arrows. So um, it's interesting to see the scores as such. Uh, when I looked at them, uh, if, if you would compare it to what some of the public might be familiar to with uh, the Vegas uh, target and, and the Vegas course, is that nearly all of them shot, uh, shot clean, uh, if you would count Vegas. Uh, but uh, it, it gave some interesting results um, using the, the normal uh, World Archery scoring. And uh, I must say, I'm, I'm really impressed with the score from uh, Anders Faustad because... Uh, 596, uh, uh, if you look at Mike, 589, and so on, it's, it's really impressive. Sure is. And uh, Anders, of course, is from Norway. And uh, so, you know, uh, just like everyone else, they're in lockdown, and uh, they're making the best of it, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was really good to see the reaction of, of all eight archers and, and, and that they enjoyed so much doing this because uh, everyone's, of course... Uh, getting to the point that they're getting frustrated that they can't have 
competitions as are quite excited about this this event and we hope uh, now that qualification is over and we're starting to look at uh, match play coming up this weekend uh, it's going to be really exciting and, and we have a lot of interest not only from I would say people following it on, on Facebook and, and, and YouTube but also television stations are quite excited about it which is it's a surprise to us uh, a very good surprise well, we're probably and, uh, really happy to have content yeah, yeah, the exciting content. So uh, it's um, the idea is really to be. Uh, uh, let's be clear on it as well. Is that okay? It's a competition, but it's more about entertaining people and 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 showing our sport in the best possible way. So the first quarterfinal will be Saturday, the 9th of May. So as we record this, it's uh, at the end of the uh, end of this upcoming week. But uh, we're going to be talking to Steve about this a little bit. It's Anders versus Steve Anderson. And then the second quarterfinal will be on May 10th, which is a Sunday. It's Mike Schlusser versus Domagoc Budin. And then the uh, ladies will be facing off. The uh, third quarterfinal will be Monday, the 11th of May, a week. Uh, Paige Pierce versus Linda Ochoa Anderson. And then the fourth quarterfinal is on Tuesday. Toya Ellison, Brady Ellison's wife, versus Sarah Lopez. So uh, once those quarterfinals are done, the winners go on to the semifinals. And then there will be... The finals, and then Tom, it's man versus woman, right? Exactly. So one part of the table is the men, the other part of the table, uh, the match play table is the women. So the final will be between the best men and the best women in tournaments. I am going to predict that the women are going to have a pretty good shot at taking the whole thing. That's just my prediction today. We'll see what happens. Could be fun. We'll see. Yes. And thank goodness we do have something to, you know, keep an eye out because there's precious little else going on to the public eye. But there's a lot uh, of I stuff. Say, there's a lot of initiatives and yes. we're following uh, and, and, and helping uh, to promote some of them. There is also uh, a quite interesting, uh, I would say, tournament going on in, in, in Belgium and in some other countries where they're using uh, our scoring apps to, to have, I would say, a virtual tournament as well. Some of them use the regular distances. Some use a, a, a target that's calculated in the ratio of shooting it at a short distance and so on. So people are getting really creative on how they can, I would say, compete against each other without, uh, I would say, uh, uh, having uh, issues with uh, the social distancing and so on. Sure. And, you know, it's not like people haven't had time to think about creative ways to get active in this current situation. Um, moving, yeah. Yeah, moving on with more WA uh, developments, a compound team event has been added to the Pan American Games, which is exciting news. That's uh, that's significant. Absolutely. We're very excited about that. And uh, it's, it shows, again, the great cooperation uh, Wolachi, Wolachi Americas and Pan Am Sports have. And uh, we really look forward to see how we can develop that further towards the future. And uh, it's, it's exciting for our compound archers from the Americas. And I think... Uh, fact that they also been increased in numbers will make it uh, a very exciting tournament in, in 2023 uh, as such. Yeah, and that means there's 10 total air archery medals available now. Um, this uh, 2023 Pan Am Games will be in Santiago de Chile. And I right. think that uh, that's going to be important going forward for other events, I, I would hope, that uh, even though compound is not yet an Olympic discipline, uh, WA America's president, 
um, had said that she hopes that this will bring it one step closer to possibly becoming an Olympic discipline down the road. Look, we discussed it uh, several times already in the past. I'm not going to repeat what I said before, but I, I think that if if everyone puts in his part of the of the effort, and uh, uh, I think uh, we we can all get uh, to to uh, the objective we all have is to have more medals at at all the games we we participate in. And of course, the ultimate goal uh, being one meter five rings. Yep, and this is further progress toward that end. Now, um, the executive board of World Archery met recently, virtually met, right, uh, online, and um, yes. there's been some developments there. You've uh, extended the hiatus on international competition, more or less in line with what's happening in a lot of European countries, like uh, Netherlands, that are not opening up again until at least August 31st. And so, yeah, we, I, yeah. we, we, we're following a little bit what is happening at, at, I would say, country level, of course, but we also looked at, at, and at uh, discussions with some of the organizers, and it was important that we had some clarity. Uh, so, uh, for instance, the European Youth Championships that were scheduled for towards the end of August, uh, there was a clear decision that that one will not take place. Uh, and uh, we, we hope that... Uh, uh, we will know in, in one month what's, what's happening with September. Uh, um, and of course, we have the other world field. And then we, of course, discussion with uh, Bruce Curl and, and Yankton on, on what's happening in there. But uh, uh, that's something that will be decided by the end of this month. Okay. So at the end of, uh, at the, end of the month of okay. May, we will know what's happening with Yankton and the world field championship. And, uh, you know, I, I imagine that that will partly be contingent upon some semblance of international travel taking place. It's, uh, well, there is, there is that as certainly as a factor is the travel, is travel restrictions, availability is, of flights, uh, all that. Say, yeah. There's, there's many things to be considered. And I would say it's a, a risk approach. Uh, and, and I would say it's, we're discussing, of course, with the organizer, we're discussing also with, uh, U.S. Olympic uh, Committee that helps us with visas and so on, and and uh, it's 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 clear it's not an easy thing to look at. And uh, I our hope is still to have uh, some outdoor events this year, but it it it's we it's something which beyond our control, and uh, we we don't want to take uh, unnecessary risk for our athletes, uh, and uh, we try as much as possible to do things for them. Uh, we're also um, we will be uh, uh, announcing something on supporting some of our athletes uh, later on this week, uh, seeing how we can help them in other ways. And uh, yeah, it's it's. I think everyone would like just to go outside and shoot tournaments and and hold fields and then outdoor and and three D and, but it's I it's just not possible at the moment. And it's um, it's it, it is frustrating. Sure. But uh, one of the positive things is that recognition of national events has been set to resume on July the 1st. Um, that means, I, I suppose, yes. that uh, things like the U.S. Nationals will be recognized as a WA-recognized uh, event for world record claims and performance awards and minimum qualifying yeah. scores exactly. for major so, events. Yeah, so that, that was a, a decision taken uh, for several reasons. Either the critical decision that was also taken is that 
all of the Olympic qualifiers that were remaining have been moved to 2021. So there is no discussion on that one. Same for Paralympic qualifiers. But at the same time, we, we opened the door for people to shoot world records, performance awards, and also a minimum qualification score for a, one of those two games. Uh, because uh, availability for some uh, people around the world for those tournaments is not always easy. And therefore, we said, okay, it doesn't give an advantage. It's a question of eligibility. It's not a question of qualification. So if the public health authorities in the country concerned allow for a competition to take place, then they should be allowed to compete and at the same time um, obtain uh, qualification scores or whatever is, is possible in that competition. Now, we are far from having a lot of competitions yet because we've seen that very few countries have started opening for training and even fewer for actual competitions. So it's, it, we shouldn't expect many tournaments to take place in July and then hopefully more in August and then in September. Yeah, and the, the plan is that you'll have at least two months' notice um, on any events before they're announced or when they're announced. Definitely the national one, yes, yeah. yeah. Moving on, the um, among the other things, you know, President Erdner had made the comment that uh, – you know, it's really important to be innovative at a time like this. And, uh, you know, besides tournaments, it looks like WA is innovating in another area. You have a, um, a new initiative to create some um, online summits for coaches and athletes and judges and event organizers, which will be taking place during this summer. And um, that's going to be like remote workshops uh, is that uh, is that pretty much yeah, summarizing? Yeah, I, I think what the idea behind it is that uh, it will be um, some some uh, experts in the area talking about it, or it could be in athletes. When we talk about the athletes, there will be some athletes involved. Uh, when we uh, talk about uh, the coaches, we'll of course have coaches involved. But we, we, the idea is that some of the, I would say, things that could have happened during the season, some of the exchanges that could have happened during the season that are not happening now, can happen through these summits, and also that it's a, a service offered to, to uh, I would say, anyone interested in archery. The, the, all of the summits will be open, uh, with no cost of registration. Uh, it, it will be a product that is available to anyone who is interested in the subject. Uh, so it's not a, a limited uh, access. Uh, we will have also a coaches conference later on the, the, in autumn, but that one will be with pre-registration. That's a different approach, but the summits will be open to anyone who is interested. And uh, we, we really, uh, all of the staff is working together on this uh, with the different committees, and we're quite excited about how it will turn out. That's great. The uh, first one is the one that's probably of most interest to most of our listeners, and that's the one for Archers, which is scheduled right now for 31st of May. And you can go to the World Archery website, worldarchery.org. Uh, I believe also worldarchery.sport now works. Is that right, Tom? Not sport, yes, but yep. yes. Yeah. Yep. And so you can go there and you can find the schedule for that the week before the 31st of May. That'll be for the, uh, the Archers Summit. And the other summits will be, uh, will be done June, July, and August. So that should be uh, another interesting way to stay engaged. 
And, you know, speaking of, of being engaged, Tom, we were talking a little bit, and um, I, it seems to me that one of the big challenges besides, you know, the things that a lot of individuals are dealing with right now is the challenge of keeping the infrastructure of the sport going. I saw an announcement from Archery GB yesterday that said that, you know, they're going to be furloughing um, some employees. And I'm sure the same story is true in a lot of federations around the world. Um, I know that, you know, times are tough for a lot of people right now, but um, I think there are still things we can do as archers to continue to try to support the infrastructure that will need to be there when we're ready to go back on the field. And one of those, I think, uh, you might agree, is uh, keep your membership up in your in your member association. If you're a member of the USA Archery Association, keep your membership up, and uh, that will help make sure archery is still there for us when, when we are ready to go back out on the field of play. And the same applies, exactly. I would think, for just about every every organization out there. Uh, no, it's clear that okay at all levels from the international level to the continental level to the national level to the club level uh everyone is uh, i would say uh, i would say facing some financial challenges and 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 uh and also i would say that the critical thing there is is i would say keep the family going and we're trying to do all kinds of initiatives to support our member associations we have regular phone calls with them see how we can help them. We, we help them also with some legal uh, uh, issues, like, for instance, uh, every uh, body should have a, a, a general assembly or some gathering of the membership uh, during this year, uh, sometimes to elect the, or re-elect the, the officials involved. And, and all of that has been put now under a lot of uh, challenges and, and uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. And I think that the message clearly should be, I, uh, you're a member of a, a national uh, archery association when things go well, but also when things don't go that well. And, and they really need your support now. And, uh, and the best support is by, I would say, uh, being a member, uh, keep on being a volunteer in your club, uh, uh, or in the tournament that might be organized now, not this year, but next year, uh, because uh, we will all need to be there when things get back on the road. And, and this is critical uh, for the future of our sport uh, as such. And, and I think uh, uh, you can't have a tournament without archers. Uh, you can't have a tournament without judges, without an organizer. Uh, and and uh, without the volunteers to, to, to assist with those tournaments. So I think it's important that uh, people want to have an, a national championship this year, but especially next year, they need to do whatever they can to support their association. And, and we understand that certain facilities are not available or are available with certain restrictions. But this is not something that the, the national governing body decided or the uh, the clubs decided it's, it's something that is imposed on them by uh, public health authorities and, and they are not doing this to annoy people, they are doing this to save people and, and, and to fight against uh, this virus and uh, we, we all need to find solutions that uh, our sport uh, continues to grow after all this is over. That's very well put. Any other developments that uh, you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think uh, uh, there's, there's, there's many others to come, uh, but uh, well, uh, I think uh, 
will be the, the occasion to talk about it again uh, in a few weeks time but uh, yeah it's it's like a, it's it's challenging times but in challenging times you, people get creative and find solutions and i think that's the main message is uh, uh, it's not because we all can't meet together that we can't uh, communicate together and i think this is also the, the critical message is keep on communicating and and following what is happening around the world and uh, uh, we hope uh, that uh, things will will restart soon i have a feeling that when we are all able to get back out on the field of play that we're going to appreciate the situation even more than we uh, have in the past i personally think that uh, it's going to be very nice to be able to see old friends and um you know get back out there and uh, so we can all look forward to that and uh, by being part of the family of archery we can we can continue to uh kind of keep that goal well i think one of the things that 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 probably everyone has been doing uh because the fact that okay you can't do a lot of things at home that you haven't done in the past is for instance cleaning up photo archives and finding old tapes and things like that and oh yeah uh this bringing back great uh, souvenirs uh, of uh, of past tournaments and i think this is also a, a nice thing uh, that is happening is that people connect again with each other that they might have uh, i would say not been in touch with recently and uh, uh, all the better absolutely well, Tom, I want to thank you for uh, for joining us on this portion of the podcast today, and we will look forward to both hearing the news coming up later in the week that you alluded to, as well as talking to you again um, in a couple of weeks when there's more information about uh, where things are headed. So, Tom Dillon, thank you for joining us today. Oh, so that's uh, pretty good news there, Steve, that Tom shared with us, and uh Particularly, I think, uh, of all the stuff we talked about just now, the, the, that uh, situation for Pan Am Games, that's very interesting. And two-person pe- two teams on that. You know what that got me thinking about was expanded team tournaments. Like, uh, a lot of people like Reading, you know, it's team best ball. Uh, this, this whole two-person team thing is a cool idea to me. Uh, what, about, what if we did, like... Uh, five-person teams and you shot the length of a basketball court 94 feet or uh 11-person teams and you shoot the length of a football (laughs) stuff like that you know 11-person teams i'm not sure how you'd manage that you just have 11 people and you shoot as a team you know actually all joking aside for something like reading you could actually see a situation where something like that could be cool a lot of uh, more team stuff please that's and you can do teams in the midst of an individual competition you know i like the i like the idea generally because the atmosphere of team rounds is always cool people really like it so imagine yeah imagine you put uh, a couple 122 centimeter faces you know at the goal line of uh, a football pitch and you, you shoot from the other goal line right and all like all 11 of you just bomb down there at the same time and then maybe you shoot like i don't know three arrows and you go down you score all 33 arrows great (laughs) (sighs) all right hey let's jump into our uh, facebook questions that we've received for today um brandon brayden rather excuse me brayden is asking how do you guys feel about consolidation of some of the archery organizations he says, I feel like it would help manufacturer contingency and sponsorship of events. 
There are too many events, and with less events, they could pay deeper. Oof. I, I think part of the problem there is there's too many different games being played, right? There's too many types of archery that people want to participate in, and that's why there's so many organizations because they, yes. they're trying to cater to all those styles. Yeah, the free market dictates what will exist as an organization and what will get participation. So Yeah, for example, ASA, that. right? I mean, ASA is yeah. clearly a, a great example of what you just said. Yeah, people want to shoot ASA, and a lot of people who want to shoot ASA have no desire to stand at 50 meters and shoot in the wind, and vice versa. There's a lot of people who love the target game, and they don't want to go shoot at deer in the woods. Yeah, Vegas uh, is a great example of a, of a, you know, a completely separate, I mean, some of the demographics certainly overflows, don't get me wrong, but very different generally than an ASA event and, and huge turnout, hopefully continuing. And, um, you know, you're looking at, uh, if you build it, people will want it. And, and that's, I think why we've got so many different organizations, Braden is because, um, there's, there's so many people in our sport that want to have what they want for what they want to do. And, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, there's the only I don't see consolidation as a thing. There might be mergers for financial purposes or, you know, purchases of an organization or whatever. But I don't really see them deciding like, hey, let's uh, just get together to not fulfill our self-interest. <laughs> right. Um, let's close it out with a question from Malcolm. Um, and I like this question, Malcolm. Um, what shoot are you guys most looking forward to shooting once this is over? I've got a list. That's my problem. It's not not a, not a particular yeah, one. There's so many. Well, it's uh, it's a matter of when. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm. I'm just excited for this to be over. I really don't care where I'm shooting or what we're doing. I, I just I, hope to be. I, I will say though, you were waxing poetic uh, recently about Reading, right? You said yeah, some pretty cool yeah, stuff. Yeah. We had a group chat going about like, hey, it's, uh, you know, 11 a.m. We'd probably be at about this section of the course. Um, I kind of live tweeted it to the group that I was still clean the whole time. I, I got busy on Sunday and forgot to text him that I won the shoot off to win. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously going back to an event like Reading will be fun. But we're, we're a whole year away from that now. So, yeah. I think, honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, hopefully World Field will come off uh, in Yankton. Uh, hopefully we'll have a number of events this fall so we can kind of salvage the season. I would say right now I'm not holding my breath for any of that because things are, are going a little slower than I would have expected and hoped. But, uh, hey, things could turn around quickly without us, uh, you know, knowing it. And the most important thing, I think, is for us to stay positive about the situation because it is going to get better. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we expect it to get better. All right. Well, Steve, thanks for your time. We're going to be back next week for another podcast, and I will close out by uh, wishing you the best of luck with your upcoming shoot-off with Mr. Fogstad. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm really excited. Um, it means everything to me right now to have this shoot-off. Uh, I, I might, you know, it's Saturday, I shoot, you said? Yeah. All right. I better practice like tomorrow or something. Yeah. As we record this, it's Wednesday, and and uh, you know you're at work. I guess is. Uh, I'm is at that, work. Yeah. yeah. So you got a few. You got three days to get your mental game ready to take him on. Yeah. 
full disclosure to our listeners because transparency is key in today's world. Um, I I didn't hear a lot of times when George does an interview, I don't ever hear it. And I just kind of, we come back and you like lead me in and I pretend to know what was just said. You give me the cliff notes version before the show starts. And I'm like, Oh yeah, totally exciting. And that's always fun for me whenever we do that. Okay. (laughs) End of show. End of show. People will be like, wow. Seems off his rocker today. No, a little inside baseball is always fun. <laughs>